Hey, what's going on? Hey, howdy what's there, stranger. <laughs> Guten Nacht, stranger. Yeah, you're co- coming in from Amsterdam. Amsterdam, baby. Yeah, how you doing over there? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, fairly drunk. It's um, 2.30 a.m. here, for the record. And I'm drinking French wine. <laughs> here, um, I went into the store earlier, and yeah. he said, "The guys, they everybody here speaks English." And I went in, and they were like, "What do you want?" And I was like, "Red wine." And they're like, "What country?" So this is one thing I've learned about Europe: you don't uh, necessarily ask for a um, like a Pinot Merlot. That's American, mm-hmm. and in France, and I learned this in France, uh, it's regional. You asked for wine is regional, um, mm. and so they asked me even here like regional wines what I wanted, and so I told them I was like French wine please I want red French because it's the best, um, and so they're like oh blah 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 we have this we have that um, so I got this is it says Merlot on it in big words because they do want to be American it says Merlot les terras. Uh, comme de l'orgerie. Right. Uh, don't you know, know what that means, you know, you, you but know, I'm here drinking it. And I've know, had the good beers at the bar. I was drinking Dutch beer at the bar all night. I was having a good time with that. You, so. know what's, you know what's funny is that I was just like thinking, I was like, ma'am, it only took a month for Zach to become a scarf wearer. A month in Europe, I and now he's, now he's just wearing scarves now. You're a scarf guy. I love the scarf. It's awesome. It's so elegant. You can just throw it on and just all of a sudden the whole outfit's changed. Bam. <laughs> wow, handsome. Who's an elegant man in the, in the video there? Wow. You're oh a traitor goodness. to your nation, brother. I know, I told my aunt that because she buys me scarves, you know, my aunt lives in France, and she's been buying me scarves for years, and I keep telling her, I'm like, Aunt Lily, uh, people in America don't wear scarves, and she's like, oh, no, no, let me show you, and so I've been using them, and all of a sudden, wow, elegant, and uh, it just adds so much flair to to the outfit, it's awesome, and it's warm, too, it uh, literally does add an extra layer of warmth, that's very nice, so, I'm all on board with the scarf, so, nothing can change that, well, sorry, America, I'm well, an American till the end of my days, but the scarf, baby, I'm on board with the scarf, uh, it's alright, you're, you're goddamn right. Communist, goddammit! You know what? what? Um, One thing I want to tell you about, um, there's a difference here I've I've learned in in Europe. uh, There's two parts of Central Western Europe. You have Romantic Europe. You know, you have your Romantic Europe is your France, your Spain, your Portugal, your Italy. And then you have Germanic Europe, which is... uh, you know, where I am, the Netherlands, the Dutchland, the Germanic area, the Austrian area, the further east. There are two different areas. And every day in France, in Paris, I was seeing people with scarves on. Here, it's nobody's wearing scarves. So, or very few people are wearing the scarf. So, I feel like I have the scarf Whoa. on. I'm like, already feeling like, alright, I'm cool. I have the French scarf. And, and then I go in and tell people, I'm coming from Paris. And they're like, oh, we hate the Parisians. Everybody says, every, t- every since I left France, 
since I left Paris, even in Lille, the border city, people are like, dude, the Parisians, the French are the worst. <laughs> Everybody says that. They're like, they're the most, they're the most insufferable people. And I'm like, well, look, there's a difference. There, there is a difference. Um, both, look. Well, the, the French, the French need, uh, the scarves so that they can, uh, signal their surrender more easily. Mm. Exactly, you can wave it in the air. Um, so I've been to Brussels since Paris, Brussels, and now Amsterdam. Um, the cities are different, um, but there is a um, a little bit of a connection between uh, France and and Brussels because they speak French in Brussels. But like Belgium, the country is a little bit of a, a border, a culture clash of a place. Like, I've heard language is very contentious there. They're like, um, if you go to Ghent, the city I explored for just a few hours, or Antwerp, or Leet, I think is the name of the city, they're like, pretty much don't speak French outside of Brussels in Belgium because other places, like, they take it as an offense because they're Fuck Flemish. Fuck you, goddamn it, the fucking French! <laughs> you fucking suck, you goddamn bastards! No, they say they, they speak a Flemish, which is a dialect of Dutch, and, um, and so it's a, it's a clash of the Romantic world meeting the Germanic world. Um, and... It is interesting to see the difference. Basically, I in Brussels, I became the prince of Brussels. Uh, you know my man about the street attitude when I drink enough, right? You remember me in Santa Cruz? <laughs> you, remember, you remember me in Santa Cruz, right? Mayor of Santa Cruz when I'm drunk enough going around town, shaking hands. Okay, I was basically elected prince of Brussels while I was there when I was drunk. Because I was drunk on the streets of central Brussels enough. People... I don't know if I, I hesitate to say they loved it, but people knew I was on the street. People knew I was there. And um, um, there's a lot of French speakers there, majority French speakers in Brussels, and they were happy with that, but everybody else that was a visitor or from elsewhere in Belgium were like, uh-huh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and when I went outside Brussels to Ghent is the only other city, people were all no French whatsoever. And so it is a weird place where the romantic world is a different attitude. Like, it is, you take with the good with the bad. Like, in the Germanic world, in Germanic Europe, it's a friendlier environment. People are That's fine. a little they bit, yeah, <laughs> but they really are a little bit friendlier and a little bit, like, um, just uh, more willing to... Like, what other way to say hello and talk with you and be friendly and, you know, not be weird about anything. But they lack in a little bit of, like, the romantic world might be a little colder. Uh, and in the, yeah. the love and the sensual <laughs> touch and the con-holing yeah. and, you know, yeah, the vivant. Yeah, they're, 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 they don't have the same finesse and style and romanticism that the French and the Italians and the Spanish. See, I would get like. along in the Germanic world, but the French. Yeah, I think the, you would. And even though, even though you love your Italian heritage, and I've 
heard the same thing about the Italians here. They say the Italians are the same way the French are, that they're, like, off-putting and kind of, like, cold and, like, just like, uh, leave me alone. I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, like, I, I've heard... I'm yeah. a distinct gentleman. Yeah. Please do not accost <laughs> me on this scene. Um, I am... I saw in the eyes. <laughs> I think... But, no, I agree. I think you and most Americans get along better in the Germanic world. London and the UK is its own thing. Big, but the Germanic hearty world. women. Big, hearty yes. women. Yeah. Uh, no, most women... Dude, women, you'd be surprised. In the UK? In the in Europe, in general. I haven't been in the UK. Europe in general. Even France has the best women, for one. And But even the rest of Europe, like, yeah. is... Yes, you can smell them coming from a mile away. So, all right, let me um, let me move on. I'll, let me tell you what I've seen here that I, I want to talk about that I think would be a good bit of conversation. Um, the um, the red light district here in, right. in Amsterdam. Okay. So world famous, world famous. I got here on day one, and I met an Australian fellow. He's very friendly in, in, in the hostel I'm staying in. Also legal in Australia. Yeah. Is it? Prostitution is legal legalized in Australia, oh. yeah. Me and him didn't get into the details about each other's respective countries, but he just told me he was a little younger than me, but not too younger. He's maybe like 24, 25. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I was sitting in the UK. I can't return to Australia right now due to COVID bullshit. Oh, yeah. Australia and, uh, is lo- is low-key yeah. one of the most restrictive ones come to COVID regulations. Like, they straight up will lock you in your house, and if they'll, they'll like, ask your neighbors to be like, uh, <laughs> I can't do an accent, goddammit. I might. They say little John Crowley over there. <laughs> okay, well, first off, he was Asian, actually, and but he talked to... He can still talk like that. He can still talk like that. Racist. He did. He did. It wasn't heavy. No, no, no. You're the racist one, because that was the automatically assuming a hardcore... Australian accent. He was just more like, yeah, you know, I came over here to study and blah, blah, blah. And we went for a walk around and uh, we walked through the red light district. And I was like, yo, I thought this was a joke. Like that there really be like, I thought this was just in the movies. Like there really be women just standing there in windows like, hi, hello. There really for real was like just women in windows. Like they're like, hi. And they would like tap on the windows and like try and like point to you and like call you over. Right. And, um, so it opened up this weird, like bit of, I don't know what to call it. Like, I guess it could lead to a good topic of conversation about prostitution. I have, like, a weird hang-up with prostitution. Because I'm walking through there, and I'm like, okay. I'm looking at the girls, and they're attractive. But, like, I feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable looking at them, even though I want to look. I want to look at them because I think they're attractive. I think they're pretty. They're not bad-looking. Right. And so I want to look, but, like, part of me is like, no, don't look. That's disrespectful. That's weird. That's gross. And also there's, like, huge groups of men, both white men from Europe, a lot of Arab men and Indian men and Pakistani men, brown, a lot of brown men, a lot of European men. Like uh, a cut crowd. That cut that out. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> go ahead. Keep it in there. Brown and white men. 
in a mob, like staring at these women in the windows as I walk past. Gawking. And I'm like, do I want to? Yeah, like gawking and being kind of weird about it. And it made me feel weird. I felt embarrassed to be a part of the rabble. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but I'm like looking at these girls and I'm like, what? Like, I wanted to like stop and like talk to them, not to be like, how much for the night? I wanted to like ask them questions. Like, I wanted to be like, why did you choose to do this? Um, do you have a boyfriend or a husband? Do they know that you do this? Like, is this, do you make good money? Um, do you, do people offend you? What do you do when someone, like, do people get aggressive? Like, I had a million questions to ask them, but, like, I was, I figured they would prefer their privacy, and, you know, I didn't want them to think Boom. I was mocking Hire them. Hire one of them, and we'll do a, we'll do a podcast interview. Dude, like, oh, that or, might not be a bad idea. Dude, <laughs> dude, that'd be- I will pay one of them, but, okay, I've learned, too, because I heard men talking about that, and I asked them, when you pay them, you pay them for the time, but then you also, there's double catch. You have to rent a room, too. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I will that's just... Standard. Yeah, that's so, standard. Oh, that's standard. Okay, you know. And <laughs> I just learned because I heard men talking about it. Um, but so that would be funny that I'd be... But, like, I would really like to ask because I had, like, a thousand questions going through my mind. Zero of them were um, how much. Um, a million of them were, like, why and who knows and... Like, is this okay with people? Bro, and go, go full-on soft white underbelly and fucking... I, okay. Like, I had this strange... Feel, like, I got, like, in a little bit of a personal conflict with myself where I was like, am I in... Do I, like, not approve of prostitution? Because a lot of it made me feel where I was like, yo, this ain't right. Like, that feeling came over me hard. Where I was like, yo, this, this doesn't feel right. Like, mm-hmm. this feels gross. It feels... It feels exploitative. It felt very exploitative to me. You know, think of Caligula level when we reviewed the film Caligula, which is our most viewed f- viewed uh, episode on YouTube. Yeah. But it, it, it felt like very exploitative, gross, and like a very large part of me was like, this just feels wrong. And then like, there's that part of me that's trying to be accepting and open-minded that's like, yo, no, you're just being reactionary and telling yourself this is weird and strange because it's not approved of in an American conservative culture that maybe I'm used to, but, like, I couldn't bring my wits to about it. And, like, I thought about it, I'm like, yo, what if... In America, let's say in California, like, the next election cycle, there's, like, a bill that's, like, should prostitution be legal, like some how it is cool in Amsterdam? Some cool some cool, like, he's got, like, cool. slick back hair, he got slick back <laughs> hair, he's just like, yo, I want to make prostitution legal. <laughs> <laughs> if that's your one thing, I don't know. But it, it made me be like, yo, could I, like, be in favor of something like this? And, like, a big part of me was like, no, this... Feels, it, it feels exploitative. It feels I, like you're exploiting both parties, too. I, both I, the men I, and the women are being exploited. Okay. Well, I disagree. But then I at disagree. the same time, libertarian view. Libertarian. Like, you should be able to do what you what you want to do. 
you're not hurting anybody. This is your body, your freedom of your body, and your freedom of will. So I was like very conflicted with this, well, and I was very opinion? confused. I was super. Yes, I would love to hear your compu- opinion. I would just love to tell you I was super confused walking through the red light district. Well, I I did not like it. I did not like that's it. That's understandable. Um. Well, okay. So my opinion is on this. Uh, I'm pro sex work. I think uh, sex work is real work. It is. It's a job like any other job. Of course. Um, and I like to... One, the way I've been viewing like a lot of my politics lately is like harm reduction, right? A lot of like uh-huh. whatever... Like if laws or something can be implemented to stop harm to befall another... Like let's just say in the US, another American... Uh-huh. I think it should be there. So when it comes in regards to sex work and, and it's specifically, you know, like escorting and, you know, prostitution, I think, of course, it should be legal. Um, I think also, I think, um, I think the thing that you're maybe missing a little bit is the American perspective on something in another country. So... Yeah. I, I think because, you know, of America's, like, puritanical past, mm-hmm. right, and super Christian fundamentalist and, you know, all that shit, like, I feel like that's had such a mark, like, has, has such an imprint on Americans' view of prostitution because they view it as, like, oh, it's, like, this inherently sinful and, you know, but, like, like look at it this way, you know, sometimes... There's some people who, you know, maybe men, maybe women, but mostly men, let's be honest. You know, they feel lonely, and if, if there's someone who can, like, give a mutual touch or something like that is something that maybe they're missing in their own life, I feel like that could also provide some good to people. Mm. Now, when you when you legalize it and you regulate it, that also comes with protections, health security you know i mean it becomes something like when it's illegal then it's like it's this thing they have to do in the shadows kind of and you have to deal with shadow brokers aka pimps and fucking you know traffickers right now if you have a legalized system where they could thrive and you could prevent the amount of human trafficking that still goes on um you know, I, th- I feel like it would be a great measure in harm reduction. I feel like it would be, you know, whether or not your personal views on it, um, you don't have to engage in it, but, but you can, that can be your own personal choice and that's totally yeah. fine. But I think, I think to impart like some kind of bullshit morality, not saying that you are, I'm, I'm I know you were saying that. I you're, understand. Yeah. yeah for me, it's, it's. it's a big thing that turns me off. You don't sorry. like you don't like the transactional nature of, yeah, of having of sex. sex. Yeah. yeah, I don't like the trans. Yes, I under and I can completely understand that. And you it know, makes that- me feel like a loser, and it makes me feel embarrassed to feel I like I have to. Yes, the transactional part right. of sex. So, like, uh, I'm like, I prefer a romantic experience where I can meet somebody just randomly and have a quaint intimate night 
and you know that lead to wherever it leads rather than me being like oh i'm so horny i gotta bust in that let me go here like an animal and i'm just staring in the window and like fucking drool down my chin well, that's because uh, that's uh, how i feel well, and, and that's understandable. It. And, you know, as someone who's been to countries before where, you know, there is, le- you know, legalized prostitution, you know, you definitely see the those types of dudes, the, the ones. But, like, if like, I think it's something that needs to be legal in order to protect the people. Because, look, whether or not you like it or not, it's still going to go on. Right, yeah. and yeah. And, you, and the what, libertarian side of me is like, no, this sh- this should definitely be allowed for people to engage in, and it doesn't hurt anything, and it doesn't take away anything from my life, and right. everything in me is like, this should be okay. But when I see it and I'm there, I'm like, fuck, this is gross, and well, like I like look down on the on the men that are there engaging in it, and. You know, yeah. I look down. I don't know who I look down on. It's not that I'm looking down on, but yeah, I judge. I judge the men there and the women there. I'm like, okay, so you guys are desperate, and uh, yeah, sorry, your life well, sucks. Yeah. You got to engage in prostitution one way or the other. Well, I'm telling yeah. you that you know, it could. Be, you know, obviously, you don't know someone's full motives, right? Of I, course, I, of at course. least on the pro, like the guy side, I don't really care about. But the process, the the sexual. Oh, I judge the men more than. Of course. I don't know. (laughs) Of course. Who do I judge more, the men or the women? Well, the thing is, is that 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 judgment, Zach, is Mm. what has led to a lot of um, harm caused to sex workers. And Zach, as you Mm. as you're a fan of, you know, last podcast on the left, you know Mm. that you know sex workers are some of the most vulnerable to crime. Yes. Yes, you and know. that's that's 100% true, and that's the most tragic part of sex work, and you're 100% right in that the idea here in Amsterdam, in the Netherlands, is that it's a harm reduction thing. You're 100% right. Like, that's the idea when I talked with the local Dutch folks, even though most of the men, I don't know if they are just saying no because they didn't want to or if they meant it, but they're like, oh, yeah, that's tourist stuff, but they're all like, yeah... That's essentially what they told me was they're like, yeah, people are going to do this and, you know, why like be a prude about it, essentially. And it was like for, I think, most of the country in terms of having this be a legal thing here in the Netherlands, it's a um, harm reduction thing, yeah. you know. Well, I think... And, I th- and you, Bosco, I mean, dude, you know, I've dated a former sex worker i've been with yeah. it's not it's not that aspect of a woman having sex with a lot of men that bothers me it's the fact that like you go down there gawking like an animal like drooling be like i'm so horny i need it but, i need but, a bus no let's let's and be then, honest and the women being there and like taking advantage of that and like it just feels like exploitative on both ends and like for on both I don't sides. know, for me, yeah, both, both sides. <laughs> it just feels like, I'm like, why can't you just, like, have a romantic experience with somebody you meet in the bar or on the streets, like, today? But, Zach, here's- but Zach, but there's some people who have, you know, maybe social anxieties to where 
it's hard for them to have the, uh, experience like that. I'm just, I'm telling you personally, like, like I, I can under the, the, I understand why someone would go. All right. Now me, it's not personal. I would too. I was thinking about it. Like, don't get me wrong. I was thinking about it. I was like, looking at these girls, they're attractive. They have big boobs. Their butts are hanging out. They're hot. They're hot. No well, doubt. What if they enjoyed what they did? Zach? But what if they enjoyed? That's what, what I wanted to ask them. See, I wanted I wanted to stop and like be like, but I didn't want to be rude. I didn't want to make them feel like I was mocking them. I felt really. Like, I was trying to not make them... I didn't want to make anybody feel like oh, I was, you, like... You need, a, you need to interview one now. That's what the idea... Yeah, I want to. I really want to, but I don't... I, I need to, like, connect with, like, a local organizer because I don't want to stop them while they're working because I don't want to... Take away make from them, them again. Yeah, and, and make them... I don't want them to think that I'm mocking them either, but, like, I want to, like, have an interview and be like, why do you do this? Do you enjoy it? Like, just, is sex fun for you? Like, is it fun to have sex with men like it, this? It's, it's, I, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. You, you understand? I understand. Like, I, I had, I had a million and one questions to ask them, but I, understand. I didn't I, want to because, just, like, I didn't want to make them feel I just, like I was being rude or mocking them. I just think, in regards to sex work, we, you know, if you want to be kind of progressive on the issue, you kind of have to. Um, kind of take your American bias out of it, right? It, yeah, because a, because mm. because America is inherently kind of puritanical in in a lot of ways, you know, and you know, and things like that, you know, hedonism of any kind is regarded as sinful, you know. And that's what people in Europe keep telling me is they're like, yo, like we don't view alcohol sex the same way America does. Like it's not this evil horrible thing that you're gonna like you know freak out about <laughs> over yeah. you know and and people are able to take it in stride better i guess here although i will say you know a big part of the crowd i saw in the red light district were uh arabs and muslim men and north african men in the red light district it was a lot of those guys you know, coming from a culture very sexually repressed, wandering those. It's mostly white women and like Hispanic women that work it. Mm. And this is why I want to. This is why I want to interview him. But like, when I looked on the computer to do some research on like information, because I was too shy to ask them directly to like stop and go up to. Because if you stop and go up to the door, they're gonna assume you're you want to be a customer. So I didn't want to. Like I said, make them feel like I'm mocking them or be rude and waste their time by being like, hey, like I'm not interested in making a purchase, but can I ask you a hundred questions? But looking online, they were like, oh yeah, like a lot of the women that work here are Spanish, Hispanic women or women from Arab cultures. Interesting. um, Yeah, yeah. I thought that was very interesting that they were like women from Arab cultures that shouldn't be doing this in quotes but do you know and um yeah i don't know it was all right so okay so sex work give me your final opinion yes or no in america 
in America, because yes. here in Europe it's different. It's yes. it's, it's, it's tourist based. Yes. yes, we should. So you in a, think in America, like let's say where we're from, San Jose, San Francisco, you think someone should be able to walk out to the street, look for a woman who's a prostitute, and say yes, sex, and it should be legal. Well, I think it should be in like a bordello, like kind of like a like you know a brothel type area. Like it should be in a set area. It should be very, like heavily regulated, and it should be to provide protections for sex workers. That's how I believe. So yes, yes. I I agree for the most part. I still think if you engage in it as a male customer, you're a loser. And I also think um, but there see, should be. See, when you say that, Zach, you kind of add to the stigma of it. Yeah, but I can't help but admit that that's how. Look, I feel. you're being honest, but I'm just saying I disagree yeah. with you. Okay, that's fine. And I, but I will 100% give you on on the point. Like it does reduce harm reduction because yeah, it will happen. And yeah, if you have a have some oversight over it, it is a harm reduction. Let me ask you this: on Twitter, a lot of women um, that have an OnlyFans account where they sell news of themselves will per- will refer to themselves as sex workers. Do you think those are sex workers or yeah. are they exotic? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I say no. I've had a problem with this. Sex work, you have to have sexual physical contact. Not, not, not necessarily. I think no. I think I think Is I a think stripper a stripper is a sex worker. Yeah, but would you consider someone doing porn a sex worker? Well, because they have phys- if they have physical con- sexual contact with, okay. a, with a penis think- or a vagina, they are a sex worker. Okay, but, if but you're what just about taking pictures of yourself? You're not a sex worker. You're just taking nude pictures. Okay. I've taken okay. nude pictures of myself. Am so, I a sex worker? All right. So, um, what about girls that do like cams and stuff like that? Would you consider them sex no. workers? No, you have to have physical. Sexual touch hmm. to be considered sexual. So you, Very you don't agree? I, I mean, because a I lot do. of people on Twitter. I don't like this because it it, it muddies the waters of what you can consider a sex. I un- I, I, I understand. I understand where you're coming. You have to engage. I understand where you're coming from. I'm just. I I like to. I don't want to stigmatize anybody in that field, so I just I'm kind of just respectful, so I won't really say anything. No, I, I, I agree, I understand, but I, I think there has to be a little bit of a definition, a little bit of a line. I don't think going on an OnlyFans and posting your nudes necessarily qualifies you as a sex worker. Maybe as an exotic media producer? I don't know what to call it, but it's I think a we're sex st- worker implies to me you're engaging in sexual activity well in in a way people who post nudes and sell nudes they're putting themselves at somewhat of a risk right as as another as a sex worker would be in yeah so i've posted nudes before my sex worker then i guess so <laughs> me okay refer to me as a sex worker for sex now. worker <laughs> yeah <laughs> but also, it's it's important to uh, kind of take away like the negative terms like prostitute and stuff like that, and refer to it as sex mm-hmm. work because that because what I've realized is that um, when you kind of just like refer to them as prostitutes, it's like the same thing like 
that Republicans do when they refer to uh, immigrants as like illegal aliens. It's just like something to kind of like stigmatize them a little bit, you know? Yeah, that's a tough thing for me. Is I don't like prostitute. Prostitute sounds like a dirty word. Yeah, yeah, and and that's a that's a tough thing for me here. Is I don't want to fall too far into sounding puritanical or conservative and being like. Yes, no prostitution, no sex work whatsoever, whether it be posting pictures online or sucking dudes dicks in the fucking brothel should be legal because that just doesn't feel right to me. But at the same time, like, I don't want to... I don't want to say that should be okay. Well, let, let, let me let me let me but, put, let I me don't want to engage in it, but I don't want to be a part so, of it. So either. I know there, you know, if you're like kind of like a true libertarian right you would i'm no no i'm gonna take it to a different i'm gonna take it to sh- hold I'm on a, here I'm, shout no, out no, to d- van thank you for listening van i am a libertarian myself just a left libertarian my boy knows that <laughs> so, so i am so, so i am in favor of it because i am so, a, a so libertarian. true true you would in that me- regard i am a libertarian would yes. mean that uh, you think abortion should be legal, but you can still have your own like personal problem with it. You can you can have your own personal maybe uh, uh, you know whatever against it, but as long as you believe it should be legal, I think that's a fine mm-hmm. stance to take. Okay, agreed, agreed. Yeah, I'm I'm going to engage in it, and I think there's better ways to get laid, but I don't think it should necessarily be outright illegal talking talking about workers let's talk about workers sure lately sure buddy lately um you know we haven't done the podcast in a while um it's been a few weeks and you know i've been uh, traveling like a motherfucker yeah we got some reviews with a van coming out did we have a hate mail yet no i've been checking every day Nothing, no mail. Um, so I'll kill somebody for some mail. <laughs> so, speaking of workers, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Workers are on strike. Yes, I know. There's been a huge labor movement in the U.S. Uh, interestingly enough, I'll tell you a personal story. Um, mm-hmm. I was on my lunch break at work and, um, I was driving to go get lunch and i saw that in front of a kaiser there were Mm -hmm. people striking in front of kaiser yeah and what was cool was i was just like you know i was on i was on a u-tip so i was like i was like you know what i should really get out of my car and like i don't know maybe just like go over there and ask someone like going like hey what's going on Mm -hmm. you know tell me some more about the strike so i did i i parked my car i had time and uh i went over there and i just i didn't want to get into like the thick of everybody so i just found like someone on the outskirts i'm like yo so like uh what's going on with the strike and um he was like well he was a bioengineer that's what he said his position Mm -hmm. was and he was like basically they gave us a contract that was totally bullshit um you know uh and like not providing you know certain protections from covid shit like that and uh, they're, you know, going on strike to, you know, reject this contract. And I was like, oh, that's cool, man. And, I mean, I, that's cool. But I'm like, well, I was just, I didn't want to, like, take up too much of the guy's time because, like, I know he's, like, you know, 
he's striking, but I just wanted to like you know show my solidarity. <laughs> I wanted to show. My, I'm like, if you're really about like the working class struggle, then you should you could give a little bit moment out of your time to learn yeah. what's going on. So, <clears throat> so um, yeah, but um, so sixty. So uh, one that I'm probably going to talk about next week because it's really interesting is the uh, Iyatse strike. Mm-hmm. Which is like all the like you know all the people in the film and TV industry who are like you know key grips, best boys, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. production assistants, shit like that. People like in the background, uh, more than sixty thousand workers <clears throat> have gone on strike um, from the MPAA, the Motion Pictures Association. Yes. Um, uh, John Deere. John Deere has been probably one of the big one, uh, another huge one, which yeah, is yeah, that one's been big. That one's that's been big. ten thousand workers walked out. Um, there's the eleven hundred coal miners who went on who went in, on strike in Alabama. That was back in April. They're still on mm-hmm. strike. Uh, we got the Frito Lay one, which I covered here before. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Kellogg's. <clears throat> Kellogg's. Uh, and yeah, Kaiser, like I mentioned, there's uh, a general <clears throat> worker strike, even at fast foods, at uh, retail jobs. There's a general strike. Yeah, well, there's a right there's now. a labor surplus, and the US. and the thing is, is that places of employment haven't gotten around to the fact that they need to be pay more pay. They need to offer more money in order to get people to work. Mm. They want, they just want, they want it like pre pandemic. They want it like, Hey, yeah, you know where we pay you this like kind of really low shitty wage. And you just kind of like grind it out and work it out. You know, that people are like, no, we want, you know, I think, you know, we've talked about this before, but like, you know, um, in our previous episode, we're talking about like how yes. the pandemic like caused a lot of people to reassess their life and mm-hmm. to <clears throat> and to uh, you know question the role of their job in their life. The fact that they're basically going into a place that's basically a mini dictatorship. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, uh, I mean, recently uh, my dad left his job. Really? Yeah. Your father left his job. Yeah, he went to go take Is a he job. Retired? No, he's, he's going to take no. a job closer to home. He's going to work in a. He's Stevens. no longer working at BMW. Yeah, you don't um, mind me saying that. But no, I mean, no, I don't care. Oh, okay. Um, but um, where do you take a job at if you don't mind? A Ford store, some Ford store closer somewhere. to to home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, similar you know, position. But similar. but but like that's just like a small example, right? Like, and they were gonna pay him more. Um, yeah, of course, that's what people are looking for right now. We right. want to be compensated properly. You're expected to just give up a part of your life in exchange for money, right? Yeah. That's the general contract. Mm-hmm. So make it worth that time. Make it to a point where people, like in the Yahtzee strike, I'll go into it in detail more next week, but like there's like people, production people who were literally died because they like fell asleep at the wheel because they've been working all day and they weren't able to get lunch breaks. You know what I mean? It's like workers are, workers I feel like have realized at least to a small extent 
of the power that they hold right now in this labor surplus. And when we're, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but we're, we're going to be coming up on a, a consumer goods shortage. Um, <laughs> no, no. It's, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I know you are. But think about, I, I'm telling you, dude, I'm calling it right here. There is going to be at least a couple murders on Black Friday this year because of this, this, the, this, uh, <laughs> because of the uh, supply scarcity. It's because the supply Same. chain has been completely disrupted and um, we're fucked. Really, like it's. Yeah, I mean, for for if you know if America, that's when America really fucking wakes up is when they can't get their goodies anymore, when they can't get their little treats. <laughs> we're a culture of enjoying our little treats <laughs> look here's here's what in regards to how Joe Biden as the president of the United States should be reacting they, one thing uh, Van did send me was um, you know in, in a press conference it's not asked too much, but they asked him, like, oh, what do you think about uh, uh, the strikes happening in regards to the supply chain? And they gave him, like, a real generic answer. And it was like, okay, look, here, here's what we want the Democrats to be. We want them to be a party of pro-workers, wor- pro pro-labor. We want a labor party, Basically. essentially. Right, yeah. yeah. And... They have that in Europe a lot, but we don't have that in America. Even the Democrats, right? And when and, it comes and, down to and a lot of people, a lot of people view unions as, like straight up. Like Fox News talking points will be like, "Oh, unions are socialist," but unions are literally just a stepping stone to getting to fair workers' rights. It's literally exactly. just a means of being able to acquire rights for people who work. Exactly. And you asked the president of the United States, like, oh, are you in favor of unions? And their answer is, uh, well, we prefer not to take sides, unions or business. And this could be a pivotal moment for uh, the Democratic Party as a whole, not just Joe Biden and his presidency. Fuck him. Whatever happens to him. Fuck him. But for Listen the Democratic here, Jack. Party. <laughs> no. For the Democratic Party as a whole, as attracting young people, attracting the labor of America, like you could take a big stand here and be like, yo, I'm in favor of labor. I support Americans who are at work. Hell yeah. If you feel you don't own it, you're, you're not earning enough for your time. If you came out of this pandemic, like we talked about in the previous episode, people came out of this pandemic being like, yo, my life, my livelihood, everything could collapse at a moment. What the fuck am I still doing here at these shitty jobs who are not respecting me, who aren't paying enough? aren't giving me enough and who don't give a shit about you yeah don't give a shit what am i still doing here and then you go on strike this could be a great moment for joe biden and the entire democratic party to take hold grasp really firmly onto that labor movement and be like yo fuck yeah we're on board like they told it really it really it really could be but let me let me um, unfortunately they're yeah. they're neolibs and they support big business, business yeah you know so 
it's it's not gonna happen like that, unfortunately. Well, well, and like, TPP, like it's TPP. not like Republicans are gonna be any better. They're worse. Yeah. They're worse a hundred percent. At least Joe Biden will come and say, Okay, I guess like he's not gonna be anti union, but he's not gonna give you love either. And so you're left in this weird middle ground. Where neither political party is really going to help you out, right? But the Ron's Republicans, but the Republicans yeah. are going to act like they're the oh yeah, yeah, brother. Let me tell you, I was working on my daddy's farm. I'm a hardworking American, just uh, like you. You know what I mean? Republicans are going to outright work against your interests. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, come on. They're gonna all, all they right give a shit about is deregulation and fucking yeah. business. They're going to work against your interests. Democrats are going to work in favor of industry's interest, which could, I guess, be in line with your interest if your they interest align. is business related. Yeah, but most laborers' interests aren't. So this could be a moment for Joe Biden and Democrats in general to come out and be like, yeah, we're pro-business, we're pro-labor, but they are pro-business. <laughs> I'd say yeah. they are pro-business, but they could have a reverse and be like, yeah, we're pro-labor. We're yeah. the labor party of the states. Yeah. And we're here back in the unions and we're here back in the, the common worker of America. We understand people don't want to return the shitty jobs that aren't paying them enough that will collapse at any given moment. And um, we'll, we'll support these strikes, but instead, whatever wishy-washy politics, yeah. you know, and you and you get nothing from it. You get nothing from it. Yeah, at the end of the day, totally. And, well, let me um, let, let me just give you some details from the deer, the deer, um, the John Deere, the tractors. Yeah. Um. So basically, um, <laughs> love my John Deere. <laughs> um. <laughs> there's a a group of workers who organize on Facebook. And they were called Good like man. they were called the post ninety seven uh, workers, Fuck and what yeah. and what that means is that anyone hired post ninety sevens had markedly decreased pensions, uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, what do they call it? like health care wages benefits all that shit. Um, mm-hmm. The current contract for post ninety seven workers is just a measly six cent increase. Um, that's a fuck big, that. that's a big fuck you. Yeah, that's fuck a big that, fuck yeah. you. Um, the yeah. company's current proposal is to cut pensions for anybody who's hired on post now, basically post 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the, the, but the, the thing, in post 2021, they what? They get what? Uh, cut cut pension. They're gonna cut pension. Cut pensions. Oh, okay, so less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that. They, so they're just like they want to get rid of the entitlements, brother. Um, and uh, you know, and yeah, it's just um. So the funniest part about this is that salaried office workers, yeah, were uh, basically had to do. The jobs of the people on like the working on the floor, and literally mm. the fir- Clank Kippen's Clippenstein had this funny ass tweet where it's like, uh, day zero, uh, you know, they're going on strike day one, and there's already like a huge accident in like one of the main, like someone crashed a tractor because they were office workers, you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, they got yeah, the, they got the office workers to do the job day one, and they just fuck it up. Um, you know, 
And you know, there's um, there's also like a strike going on with like uh, truckers, right? Yeah. And there was, and there was, um, I remember hearing this one story where this trucker was like, like fuck them, I'll be a scab, I don't give a shit. And then like he basically tried to do a move and be like aggro with his semi truck, and he ended up flipping the truck over. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> See. Here's the thing with um, with on a lot of these strikes, they'll um, uh, when the main workers branch off for, the, for for to strike, they call them the scabs, and the scabs don't understand how they do the job well. Yeah, sorry, context. Then, scabs and, and, scabs are are people who basically cross picket lines. Yeah, they cross to the picket do line. a job. For basically an increased rate, but a rate that's safe for the company, right? Um, and but they're not skilled; they don't know understand the job. That's the main issue, right? Is they don't understand how to do the work. So and, uh, we said, I like as Zach said correctly, that when there's a tight labor market, there's more leverage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it seems like there's a movement happening. I, I'm really curious. There is definitely a movement happening. I mean, I've been here in Europe for a few months, and I can see in America there's a movement happening. Right. People, I'm I'm part of it. We don't want to fucking return to these bullshit jobs. We talked about it in our last show. We don't want to return to these bullshit jobs that are giving us bullshit pay, bullshit hours, and and for what? You're not satisfied with your life. You want to live. This pandemic taught us one lesson, and that and that's that your life is fragile. That your and existence light, yeah, is fragile. Yeah, totally. And you and, don't have to give up everything to work a, a job you don't like, just to etch out an existence that you're barely okay with, just to be okay with yourself in the public eye, because none of that matters. At the end of the day, that's what the yeah. pandemic shows you. Yeah, and think None about of that and, matters. And think about like all like the major businesses that got PPP loans in the beginning, like American Airlines, who was given all this money to stay afloat, Stop keep them. their work, keep their workers on on payroll, and they what they do, they end up cutting most of their workers. Yeah, no, it's it's bullshit. It's bullshit, and it, and it's it's great that I this labor movement is really it's really visceral and i i really hope it takes oh, us yeah. to some better places I'm very supportive of it and i love this Here's, labor movement right yeah. now i'm i'm a part of it i'm not returning to work right now because a i don't know where to go yeah <laughs> i don't know where to go and i don't know what to do listen to this so part of it is me listen to this um ten, nine and ten americans are not in a union Nine out of ten Americans aren't yeah. in a union. That's yeah. how low unionization is in America. There needs to be a hundred percent a return to unionization. Yeah, because we're in this together. It's not you know employee versus employee. Let me tell you this. This is how I knew I would hate my job with this city. Um, when I got hired, um, there was a guy that was hired with me. And uh, we were working together doing the same job, and I made it. I made a like slight. It wasn't even like a direct like, "How much are you making?" It was a, you know, like we're doing this for real for like thirteen dollars an hour. And like he like was like a taken aback, and he was like, "Yo, 
we shouldn't be uh, discussing how much we make on the job. And I was like, I was like, wait, what did you just say? Like, this is no, the, real and story. Then, no, 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 city, no. And that's a co- that's a co- that's a common thing that happens. Where yeah. you know, I remember hearing this one Twitch. He I think told it was. Me it- I think it was uh, Charlie Moist Critical. Um, I was uh, hearing him talk uh, about yeah. it. Moist Critical, my boy. Love um, that guy. And I was, I was uh, hearing him talk about like working somewhere, and you know, he was talking. He's like, "Hey, how much do you make to somebody who, uh, you know, has w- been working there longer than him?" And they were like, "Oh, well, mm-hmm. I'm making this." He's like, "Bro, I'm making already more than you, and I just got hired. This is bullshit. You need to like." You need to fight, you know, like it's people just need to realize that we don't need to be just constant wage slaves and just robots that just, uh, you know, that just. Well, yes, exactly. We have the worker has the power. The proletariat. The power for the proletariat should at least have equal power with. Uh, the company and I'm working in the public sector in this regard. Yeah, same. In the public sector. I'm still working yeah, in yeah, the yeah. public sector, yeah. This is with the city of Santa Cruz. I have a co-worker tell me when I ask him, I'm hired at the same time as him and I ask him, how do you feel about your pay? We're making the same pay. How do you feel about that? And he tells me, hey buddy, this guy I did not like very much. I won't say his name for anybody, fear that... Anybody who addresses you as, hey, buddy, that's already aggro. Um, that's already aggro. Uh, he did not exactly address me in that way. I just don't want to say his name. Hey, he, buddy. I wasn't a fan. Hey, fuck face. <laughs> I, I didn't like the guy. He was just, he was a nice guy and all, um, but he was like an idiot. <laughs> um, I don't want to say his name. It was with the city of Santa Cruz. If you're listening... You know who you are, okay. Uh, <laughs> he's definitely not listening. But in the off chance that you're listening, Caleb, um, <laughs> when I when I brought it up with him, um, how much we were making for what we were doing, he was like, "Yo, that's unprofessional. We shouldn't talk about no, that." And I was like, "Yes, that's what I said." I was like, "No, I'm like, dude, it's not unprofessional to talk how, about how much we're making." He's like, "No, yeah, that's unprofessional. We shouldn't talk." About no, that. and that's how like, brain no. because yes. because um no yes. listen, listen, a majority of Americans, us included. Unless you have a father who works in a union that provides them with good benefits, or mother, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, most people end up learning about unions from their fucking boomer ass fucking fathers who are like, you, "Oh, do they're." Do you think we have friends? I would say it's unprofessional to talk about oh, for with sure. Workers, for sure, PM. with how much you make. Yeah, it shouldn't be because you should know how much your coworker makes, and they should know how much you make. You should know what each other does, and you should be like okay with that, right? Know where you're at in your work. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree 100. percent Like, why would you ever work a job well, where you don't know how much the guy next to you is making, but he's doing the same job as you? And if you ask him, that's apparently uh, a, a, a faux pas, and you can't do that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's no, bullshit. Say no. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's, it's totally bullshit. Well, let's uh, let's get on to another. Word. All right. Well, I got another story for you, Zach, this week. Uh, okay. So um, this is post us losing our recording. FYI, um, we recorded this, and 
It yes, that's just, the excuse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to cover <laughs> for you, man. lost recording. Yeah, yeah, it's lost recording, right? So, um, so I wanted to talk about, like, vacation towns, right? And more specifically... Well, like to, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona? No, I want to talk about, What's like... a vacation town? So, Mar-a-Lago, spe- Florida? <laughs> and specifically, I'm talking... There's two places I'm mentioning. So, one, you probably heard of before, um, Jackson Hole. Yeah, right. where, where Yellowstone is. Right, and then um, there's another place called Butte, Montana. So, in Jackson Hole... I I did some research. Apparently, the forest officials estimate there's around 300 to 500 people who just straight up live in the forest. Right. And most of them are uh, restaurant workers, retail workers, people who, you know, make minimum wage or, you know, a very substantial. But they live in tents or in like RVs? Like like RVs, tents, and their cars in a a wide variety of ways. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and, um, in Butte, Montana, this is a place I had like never heard of before. Right. I honestly like, you know, as like a vacation spot, but apparently it had like a big boom in the pandemic. Right. So Mm -hmm. when everyone had to work from home and do zoom meetings from home, there was a lot of people like in the professional managerial class who were like, oh, yeah, I want to go somewhere, you know. Bro, like- a lot of people thought those like woodland towns would be mountain towns would be safe. Like we know yeah. people in our personal lives, you know, from the Bay Area, wealthy, upper middle class right. people that went to stay in Lake Tahoe, you know. Right. So this was a common trend around America, like totally to these mountain towns to, you know, you don't have to go to work. You can work from home and. You can go out there and it feels safer at least, you know, right. there's less people you, around. It's exactly rural and you're like, where's COVID in, in, in Butte, Montana, you know? Right. Especially when it was in its early stages and it's in New York City and Wuhan and Italy, you know, you're like, I'm in Butte, Montana. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Montana is like literally one of the like the least populated states in America. Exactly. And, and people that live there, it's de- sparsely populated. It's not dense like cities. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Um. So... You know, the service workers there, they live in their trucks and cars. A lot of them do. And I saw this one piece where it was actually very disturbing. Go Shout outs to feudal lord times because there's this one lady who um, she ran like a pizza shop. Right. But she also mm. owned some property that was rental property. But what mm. she was doing is that she was like, oh, well, I'm providing um, a low cost rent for my workers. And it's like. Okay, but you don't see the problem of being their boss and then also being their landlord. Like that's like yeah. that's like straight up some yeah, some serfs and lord shit. Like straight up. <laughs> um, the is media Butte where the college Missoula is. Yes, it is. Yes. yes. Okay, I looked at that college when I was in high school. I, I heard it was a fun one. Let's just say from the previous recording, I'm familiar. Okay. <laughs> you mentioned that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so the the, me- the, uh, the median sale price for a single family home, uh, there's about 115,000 people in this town, uh, is about $720,000, up 41%, 49% from the year before. Yeah. Um, 
So local wages and like service industry jobs and retail jobs, they can't cover the fucking rent in these expensive ass towns that have been jacked up. And a lot of the rental properties have turned into Airbnb properties, right? Because it's like, oh, you can fucking charge someone rent or you can fucking rent it out like on on days and make way more money. Right. Yeah. So basically, Turn them into Airbnbs. Exactly, and the average rent on a two-bedroom uh, in, um, and we we know, and this is almost exactly like what we paid when we lived in Santa Cruz is yeah. two thousand dollars. That's like the average yeah. rental property for a two-bedroom, and we were Jeez. living in Santa Cruz, like you know, coast uh-huh. the coastal elite, California. <laughs> yeah, you know, or, you know, well, um, you know, in California, everybody complains about the rental prices and rightfully so um but like one thing i i always keep seeing is as people move away i'm like this is not like a problem that's just endemic to california no. like it's California's just because california is a microcosm yeah and there's more money here so the problems are accelerated and exacerbated and so they're they're more evident quicker well, but it's this just, is a problem it, that will become an issue yeah. around the country oh for sure every major city in the country the prices are going up every scenic city whether it's near yeah. you're, you're near one of the great lakes and you got a nice view of the lake you're in the woodlands in montana right you're on the coast of the gulf and prices everywhere around the country are going up renting or buying right. you know it's not just endemic to california yeah no totally no no you're right and it, it's just really you're you're able to see it more in california because we're more population dense and there's more money here too it's fast it's more exacerbated because we're more advanced in the problem than other places right and um yeah so uh like and then there was another local who was like interviewed and and they were talking about like oh low income in bozeman now is anyone who makes less than like seventy thousand dollars a year and mm. let's be honest like let's like pre-pandemic to live somewhat in some random ass fucking uh town in uh montana mm. like 720 uh, $720,000 is a lot is a lot and seven hundred and twenty thousand. That, that's that's what the medium family uh home costs in okay. in uh that area montana that's not that far off from what prices in south bay california were just a decade ago true but that a decade ago yeah but we also live in like literally one of the well we live in one of the most uh that one of the highest uh you know housing market highest the most expensive housing markets um but yeah you know i just thought this was interesting to bring up just like about you know just talk you know especially coming off of the uh the workers striking for better benefits and better wages and stuff like that. Uh, it's just, it's really great. It's really like exacerbated in situations like this, where it's like a small town. Like I said, Jackson hole ha- is, has the same shit going on too. It, that's like a place for like the Uber wealthy, like the Uber yeah. wealthy have like a bunch of like homes and shit over there and vacation they, homes. Yeah. yeah. And they need, they need, you know, pe- you know, people to work there in the, the, you know, in the towns surrounding these, uh, vacation destinations, but they are because it's a vacation destination. The properties 
are just so expensive and it's like how how are they supposed to afford to live <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like it's 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 i don't know it's just wild and i think it's like the best example of like just like the wealth disparity in america but just like on a small small level like it like in a small you know these small ass towns and like how it affects the community but i'd be interested to see what you think well i mean it makes sense um that you know these are desirable areas as a vacation spot for wealthy people in america and so they come out there with a lot of money they find nice housing in these you know mountain towns and they buy up a lot of the properties and the property value goes up you know it makes sense that it's happening especially you know in mountain towns and i'm sure it's happening in other various types of vacation lo- locations like lakeside properties or right. woodland locations in the far northeast or um you know beach towns wherever along the east west um east coast or west coast or gulf coast you know it's just i mean the problem's not like i said just isolated to california is it's a national problem totally it's just more advanced in california and you know as prices soar in every major u.s city um they'll also soar in in the scenic areas i mean that's why housing is so expensive especially in northern california is because like a big reason other than the money is there scenic you know you have a think about the the hills whether it's morgan hill or the South Valley Hills, like housing in the hills is a, it's a spectacular view. It's a spectacular place to live. You get right. a nice taste of both uh, suburban and city life. And you also get a nice view and a nice mix of like kind of feeling like you're in, you know, nature out there. And, you know, so it's, it's very scenic and, and beautiful. And, you know, people will pay top dollar for that. And as wealth income disparity becomes greater like obviously people that lived in these areas for the low um will begin to get priced out like gentrified mountain towns is what basically is happening here right like you know gentrification usually a problem isolated to major cities be it your new york or oakland's of but obviously it's happening here in small towns too like a type of gentrification as wealthy people move in looking for vacation homes and the people that live there get priced out and but they still you know obviously it's hard to just up and leave despite you know how uh some people may make that seem like it's easy like oh just move if it's too expensive there you know like the problem's not going away it's gonna follow you anywhere you go so like this weird trend these days of like oh just move out of california like i think is very short-sighted as a solution oh go to texas move out of california go to texas go to arizona go to nevada like these places are all still like not that far behind like within a decade or two they're the housing prices there they're not going down they're going to go up the rent's going to go up in these areas and the problem will will follow because it's 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 a problem that's as a is within the american system as a whole you know not state by state it's not based off of just one governor one one area um you know so i think this is something we'll continue to see in all kinds of places in the country whether they're small mountain towns or big cities and yeah it's unfortunate i think you know the unfortunate thing with 
Montana and Wyoming is I don't think those states at a legislative level and a political level really look at their state and think, oh, housing is a thing here because it's such a sparsely populated states. There's not a lot of people there. And so they're like, oh, yeah, housing here. It's not like housing in a big city where it's like such a face first issue, you know, like it's such in your face issue. You know, where you can see homeless on the street and you can talk to people day to day being like, I can't afford my rent or whatever. But so I think it's kind of something that's probably, you know, neglected there because of the fact that they're small, small states that are sparsely populated. And also, I think these are states, too, that have a more right leaning legislature that like probably that's not like a top concern for them. Rent control, you know, yeah, for sure. Control. You know, so I think the problem will probably I think continue probably to spiral. Be more fans of the free market. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the problem will probably continue to spiral in those areas. Like, no one's going to stop the rich people from coming in and buying property there. Like, of course, they're going to continue to come there and buy property, right. and the pri- prices will continue to go up. And yeah, it's unfortunate for you know everybody else that lives there, the people that have lived Ooh. there for generations, the working class there, like. I don't. I don't have an answer for a solution. No, neither do idea. I. I just. And, I just. I just think that it's really in impl- like shit like this. Like, and you seeing this happen in very rural areas is like very emblematic of our times and how yeah. bad you know capitalism has made well, living conditions well, in America. What areas of the states does not is not seeing a price in housing going up right now? Needles, California. <laughs> slab City. Desert towns, yeah, Slab City. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> like uh places like yeah, in the far desert, high desert areas, and like maybe in the Great Plains where like people just you know, there's nothing to see out there, nothing scenic about it that attracts you to the small town and uh and yeah, maybe everybody should start going out there and gentrifying. <laughs> kingman arizona and and slab city (laughs) (laughs) maybe then i don't know boise idaho or uh what's it what's the name uh show show shoe shoe falls sioux falls all right so sorry sorry i was i was a little quiet because i was trying to look it up but so basically the lowest 10 are um with number one being the lowest west virginia Mississippi, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Alabama, Kentucky, Ohio, Kansas, Iowa, and Indiana. Those well, that are the makes ten. A lot of sense. Yeah, and the ten highest are Hawaii at number one, California mm-hmm. number two, both very scenic. Places. Massachusetts, Colorado, Washington, New Jersey, Maryland, scenic. New York, New Oregon, Jersey. and Utah. Utah very scenic itself too. So it's very scenic. People want to live where it's nice. Yeah, know? of course. People want to live with a good view, whether it's in the mountains or on the coast or in the forest or a big city. Big city provides people with, you know, pleasure in yeah. terms of views and what others. So like that's where the problems are going to be most evident. So you know, obviously there's going to be a breaking point of that sooner or later because people aren't all just going to be pushed out into the deserts and the yeah. Great Plains, yeah, and and the swamplands of, of I don't Alabama, know. I just so. I just think of just like you know this like what is this dystopia world we're going to live in where like literally people our age you know college educated people can't afford to you know buy homes and we'll just be renting for the rest of our life 
You know what I mean? <laughs> Most yeah. likely. I don't know. Either, I mean, people, like I said, right now, the quick fix, although I think it's short-sighted, is to just keep moving where yeah. it gets to a pricey move. Oh, Texas is the big destination, at least in California. But Texas is on track, I think, too, to, you know, Austin, for sure, within a decade, Austin's going to be as expensive as living in LA. I can for see sure. it happening, you know? Like, oh, yeah. The prices aren't going to, as money comes, you can see it here, evident with this story, like moving somewhere even if it's cheaper to start, like the prices go up, like an influx of money coming in doesn't bring the housing down It boosts it up. Yeah. So it makes them more desirable place to live, more desirable, more money Bing bang, boom, you're fucked. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I I just, thought it was an interesting story. I wanted to bring it kind of just to the table, to the table. Well, it's unfortunate. I think like the main, the main, um, thing that i mean can be done at like a legislative level at least for right now is like enact more rent control more housing control like at a legislative level at least to like give people a breather of some kind because i think that's what americans need the whole world needs right now is just a breather (laughs) like yeah when when it comes to the economy and everything like people need a little bit of a cushion well i'm sorry i don't ascribe to your entitlement mentality (laughs) where you're entitled to a place to live (laughs) all right well let's let's get into um a discussion i wanted to have with you kind of in lieu of our shame on you if Mm -hmm. there's any because i don't want to outright shame i don't dave Chappelle. yeah but i I was trying to make the last time but i couldn't quite uh articulate it was like i don't know if i outright would say is it we can shame, shame Netflix on. though. We can shame Netflix. Netflix would be the one yeah. I would want to shame. All right, so let's 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 shame Netflix. All right, let's shame Netflix. Netflix. All right, so I hate just Netflix. So, yeah. So, <laughs> oh wait, shame. Boom, 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 boom. Shame on you, Netflix. So Netflix. Um, just quick overview of the situation. So Dave Chappelle dropped his new special. It's been in the news. Yeah, dropped his new special, The Closer. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, free speech advocates love it. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, no, but a lot of people have liked it. Some, a lot of people have hated it. Um, I have you know, not seen it. Right. I, ha- I have, I have. So, okay. uh, I watched One it. One of us should have. Yeah. We're going to talk about this. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, that would be really silly. And let's just state for the record before we go further. We're both mm-hmm. massive fans of Dave Chappelle. We, the yeah. da- the Chappelle show, like when we were younger, was like super um, iconic, iconic, and like countercultural in certain ways, and yes. definitely very, like very satirical on like you know, you know, black issues in America, and like very mm. sati- satirical look on the silliness. You know, it did g- a good way of bringing like. I think like uh, black culture and black attitudes to like a wider audience, both sure. wider yeah. and wider. And audience, for people like us you know? who have lived, you know, we both, you know, um, we In come from suburbia. we come, yeah, we come from you know suburbia, white suburbia, much, yeah. yeah. And you know, we've 
had somewhat sheltered upbringings you know we're not we're not rich we're not rich but like you know like we went to we both you know dropping the mask we both went to private catholic schools we you know but we were you know not the the richie rich there let's let's get the state that i was on financial aid (laughs) so were you you know we were the we were the the few somewhat pores that they allow in as like oh you can come here too all right <laughs> i was but, one of the blue bloods yeah hell as yeah. in i injected the blue ink from my pen into my bloodstream hell yeah because i was emo as shit and that's what i did yeah you were <laughs> um so uh <laughs> so you know like and let's be honest in like the private you know like the the school system we came up when there wasn't a ton of fucking diversity right and a lot of you know a lot of times there would be it was it was very there was a lot of white kids in our classes and there was a lot of white people around so like we have not been exposed to a ton of black culture just based on our our living situation right so dave chappelle there's not a lot of black people in san jose true like we were we were around we grew up with asian communities and latino communities exactly you know that was you know even you know in all fairness in san jose one of the most diverse cities in the country you know but it's still not like a predominantly there's not like a big black right you know community there there is some but and this is just all going to say that you know the Chappelle show was interesting as is to you know people like us who did not have much insight into that and was it was hilarious I mean like Mm -hmm. I mean the fucking Clayton Bigsby sketch that was literally on the first episode the first episode was the Clayton Big which is like one of like the the, the hallmark sketches of that show like they're yeah. one of the like the like i when i think of that show i think of like you know uh obviously you got to go with the with um rick james you know mm-hmm. there's prince, Clay, prince. <laughs> I, well, I, yeah, because i i'm a huge fan of prince i love prince he's like one of my yeah. favorite people ever that prince one's awesome yeah <laughs> the Char- charlie murphy story about prince yeah. and rick james both those, but like yeah. even but even just like any of the sketches like you know i love the like me at 18 me at th- me at 20 me at 30 i love that <laughs> i love that sketch what about I, oprah's ba- oprah's baby daddy yeah, dude, like <laughs> where he oh. hears that he's oprah's baby daddy he's like i quit um but yeah no it was it was you know it was awesome we loved it and i it was a good perspective for us perspective and his stand-up and has a lot and his stand-up was awesome like and even on his return i i don't know how you feel on this but i liked a couple i liked a decent amount of the Chappelle stand-ups that came out on netflix i don't know how you feel Chappelle show yeah I think I saw one. Um, I don't remember it to be honest, so uh, okay. my review would be forgettable to be okay. honest. But I don't. Rem- but that's just because it must have been a while. But yeah, I do remember him dropping at least one special post. Like he dropped, he dropped Netflix, like three or four. Three or four. Okay. Yeah, he dropped. I only a, saw one. Yeah. Uh, well, there's sticks and stones. There's the bird revel- revelation. Um, there's a. Uh, I can't remember the other ones, but anyway, but they were good. I, I enjoyed them. I, you know, but the thing I noticed is that especially, I think it was in the first one, he made a lot of trans jokes and I, mm-hmm. they just weren't really funny. It's not like mm-hmm. they offended me. Cause I'm not, I'm, we're both cis het men. 
white men. You know what I mean? How dare you? <laughs> um, Use that terminology around here. <laughs> we just lost half her viewers. Yeah, there you go. Down from two to one. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, we... Uh, like so obviously i it's not like i was a but like you know it just wasn't funny but the thing is is that you know what has kind of ruined comedy i think for the i can speak on your behalf for the both of us is this obsession with cancel culture this obsession with comedians complaining about how they can't say anything anymore it's like honestly whenever i hear that from a bit tired it's tired, and I just every time I hear it, I think they're big fucking babies, dude. Because yeah. you know why? Because the only reason why they're complaining about it more now is because of the fucking internet. Because discussion around things, pieces of media have been democratized. Average people can go and make comments on Twitter that mm-hmm. you know maybe Dave Chappelle will see. Well, now, uh, you know. He's doubled down basically, and and Mm -hmm. he dropped. He did like a live show recently, and um, the one quote I saw, although I haven't seen it, the one quote I saw where I was like, "That's a little bit of an overstatement." He was like, "If this would, if this what's being canceled is, I love it," and I was like, "Yo." Easy there, Dave Chappelle. No, you he's have a special on Netflix. Literally sure. one of the biggest platforms that yeah. exists right and now. And literally, like, that's Netflix, not being canceled. Netflix <laughs> canceled by firing a fucking trans employee who spoke up against it. Mm-hmm. They literally canceled her, and then you're going around fucking marketing yourself is like yeah i got can't i'm dave chappelle i got canceled and that Hmm. that and i love it i love it and then you know like you i don't know if you saw this but like last week there was uh uh there was like a some kind of protest and the netflix offices yeah um and a lot of the people the, you know there they're like funny dave is funny dave mm. is funny and <clears throat> you see a lot of the fucking people going around protecting dave speech dave uh chappelle's free speech mm-hmm. it's a lot of you know the crusty whites of the maga movement you just you, you just yeah. they got that energy they got that energy <clears throat> um yeah. And, you know, it's just like, oh, it's convenient. And this is how people, me and you like, get co-opted into the right and co-opted into the right, like, sphere. Like, for Joe Rogan, for example, right? Joe Rogan has been completely co-opted by the right and to the point where now he's just a fucking right-wing shitlord. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was someone we both liked. You know what I mean? And was like somewhat left leaning on policies, at least when I was listening to him yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're OG Joe Rogan fans. All right. We <laughs> we listened when no one was when barely anybody was the listening. first ep- episode <clears throat> where I was like, Joe Rogan, why would you ever have this guy on? And I remember listening to it. It must have been like late 2015 because I was going I was on the public transit Gavin going McInnes. to. To, no, no, no. I mean, he was one that was followed this. Uh, Milo. Milo Yiannopoulos. Oh, yeah. That he had guy... Milo Yiannopoulos in like late 2015. I remember I was riding the, the, the light rail going to school in the morning. 
And I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And why does Joe Rogan have him on and like yeah. even entertaining him? Like, yeah. like I like I listened to like the um, the near majority of it and like I was just cringing the whole time and I was like, dude, this this is kind of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> like I just turned and, it you off know, like near the end. He's, and and like, that, now at this point. And he did follow it up with Gavin McGinnis shortly after. And I remember. And that guy's just straight had, up a neo-Nazi. In that episode, he had like a moment of clarity because I listened to that one in its entirety and I'm like man joe rogan's head on this weird string of like weirdly right-wing guests and after mckinnis left he he went on recording i think he was talking to brian who was still there at the time right brian redband and he was like yo redband is it me or do all these guys kind of have the same set of like beliefs do they kind of have an agenda and like the same talking points and i was like yes yes as i'm listening to it i'm like yeah because he got in an argument with him about like abortion and marijuana and you know stuff like you know joe rogan was like kind of pushing back even a more you know liberal let's be honest the biggest political issue joe rogan cares about is marijuana yeah (laughs) and but like all these guys had the same like kind of talking points about it the same stances and joe rogan in this moment of clarity was like these guys are all kind of saying the same thing and it's almost like they have an agenda and i don't know if i'm i'm on board with this entirely and i was like yes thank you finally like you're yeah. like I, I the foray into this is is i guess uh, i commend it that you're being open-minded <clears throat> but you know and entertaining this you know these these dudes to some extent but like come on these guys are they they do have an agenda and like they are pushing a certain political ideology and and it's disguised a little bit in this form of yeah. you know oh i'm just out here being myself and like saying whatever i want and like sorry if it offends you but you know unfortunately joe rogan didn't facts, really heed um, his, facts don't care about your feelings <laughs> he didn't necessarily joe rogan didn't heed his own warning and kind of continued to carry on with it yeah um, I, I mean now say, he's, he's had like the likes of fucking ben shapiro jordan yeah. peterson all of the the intellectual dark web um of guests and you know now they he's call themselves? yeah the idw the intellectual yeah. dark web yeah, yeah. <laughs> and self-appointed <laughs> yeah and you know um that brett weinstein guy now who's like literally pushing fucking ivermectin he's like well mm-hmm. i'm a scientist but yeah a fucking evolutionary scientist relax mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway well, oh, but, hold on. But, i want to return to yeah. to the dave ship yes thing. of course so yeah. as far as i understand it the reason that this has caused a, a, right. a bit of a hubbub is well, I'll, I'll say because his... I, I'll say it because I saw it. Um, but it was these comments about trans people. Yeah. Again, and it seems like he's obsessed with it. he's obsessed mm-hmm. with the criticism he receives around making jokes about trans people. It's mm-hmm. it's just blatant, and you can yeah. make he made funny he made a funny joke about trans people. In that special, he had a joke where he talked about, um, you know, like a, a someone with a, a, a surgery made vagina being mm-hmm. like, oh, it's impossible, pussy. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. Pussy. And I was like, see, that's, that's not fun- bad. Yeah, that's yeah. like, yeah, it was, it was pretty. It was pretty funny. And, you know, it was like, uh, you know, so like, here's the thing. You can make jokes, but if you make hacky jokes that just kind of come off as offensive, and honestly, if like from watching it, it just felt like a TED talk where where Dave Chappelle just goes on about why was the, the whole special about trans people? No, or did no, he cover it wasn't. other topics. He covered okay. other topics, but like the last like half, I'd say it the was last about, half, half yes. of it was about trans people. I'd say like 
Yeah, oof. like 30. If that's true, oof. <laughs> I'll say 30. That's, that's way too much already. Like maybe right. a few jokes. Conservative Three sentences. Conservative <laughs> percentage, we'll say about 33 to 40% of it was that's about trans. Yeah. I, I mean, his whole closing. Like 5% of your stand up. His, his whole closing bit. In his special called The Closer, closing his anthology of all the Netflix drop specials, being like, this Mm -hmm. is my last one for a while, was about trans people. And it was about a trans comedian about named Daphne. Now, Mm -hmm. let's let's go over some of the some of the the things he said. All right. One thing he said that I think is very justified that fucking people got upset about is that he said he was talking about uh, TERFs. And I know you're yeah. familiar with TERFs, but for people who mm-hmm. aren't, TERFs is an acronym for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. What and, Harry Potter is. Yeah. There's this Adam well, Turf. J.K. Rowling is. Well, it's because uh, and, Voldemort was transgender. That's <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's justified for Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but J.K. Rowling kind of came the face of the TERF because mm-hmm. of her... Um, her views on 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 uh, trans people, trans women, exactly uh, mm-hmm. to be in particular, and Dave Chappelle in this special, and it's even in the trailer of the special. So this is the part he thought was like, yeah, highlight this part was where he goes like, he's like, she's like, well, terse believe gender is a fact, and if that's the case, so do I, and I then that means I'm on team turf, and I'm like, dude, Dave, do you realize? I maybe you don't because What's you're just funny about that. Nothing, literally nothing. Turfs are the most unfunny fucking people on the internet. Mm-hmm. They're literally joy. They literally are just joy kills, and they're just people who are le- legitimately. Let's just call it for what it is. They're a mm-hmm. hate group. They hate mm-hmm. trans women. Therefore, they are a hate group. So in a way, Deja Bell is just saying, yeah, I agree with this hate group. And Dave's making it seem like, oh, well, they're just defending the fact that gender is a fact. And it's like, no, Dave, they're j- they don't like trans women. That's why they're TERFs. <laughs> they don't yeah. like them. And a lot of TERFs have said really fucked up shit about trans people and trans women. Mm-hmm. And so, so that was one of the comments he made. We can go. We can go over that in a sec. Or do you want to? Do you want to make a comment on that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, look. Um, this is one thing I was thinking about and thinking about uh, <clears throat> Dave Chappelle's special earlier. These trans jokes were popular, big, big time popular among, especially young men in the era when I was like first in college, like 2013, 2014. You remember right. the joke? Um, I'm an attack helicopter. I mean, it got yeah, old real I quick. identify as an attack got, helicopter. Yeah, it got yeah. old real quick. You know, and basically when people were, you know, when gender identity stuff first became mainstream, people, ah, I identify as an attack helicopter. I identify as a penguin. And also, as- just real quick, a lot of times trans people and even gay people to an extent mm-hmm. too, were all viewed as predatory because what was one of the things that people got up in arms about the trans ba- the the bathroom issue 
of uh, letting trans women use the women's bathroom. They go like, oh, well, they're just going to go in there and be sick perverts. And it's like, no, maybe you're yeah. a fucking pervert for fucking thinking that in the first place. Maybe yeah. they just want to use the bathroom associated with their fucking well, gender. Okay, so on the on this line of these... My point is with these... Sorry, is sorry, maybe sorry. they were Maybe these kind of jokes were funny when I first heard them in 2014. They got old quick. Yeah. Because they weren't ever that funny to start with. They are funny yeah. as like a quick little quip of being like oh, i mean yeah, okay. he literally I guess, has i guess you could take it to some weird extreme he like, literally has a joke about standing at the urinal with next to someone wearing a dress and you i know, mean it's like regard, it's like it's cringe i mean it's not really a big deal i've literally been at a show and peed next to someone that was a transgender uh, woman that was you know biologically a man and it did not bother me and i moved on with my life and in fact, I made a couple jokes to that guy. He made some jokes to me yeah. or woman, whatever they wanted to go by. I don't remember. And that was about it. And I moved on with my day and I was not harmed yeah. <laughs> at all. But you remember another joke that's circulating and it still makes its rounds on the internet every now and then in regards to the trans bathroom thing is it's like, oh, a man followed a woman in to a little girl into the bathroom because he right. identified as as a uh, as a woman. Libertarian and, uh, her father, Her father <laughs> knocked three of his teeth out and reported that he identified as a tooth fairy you know libertarian self-report libertarian self-report it's funny for how stupid it is that's yeah. what makes it funnier yeah, above everything dumb. but it, it makes so its dumb. rounds it makes its rounds on the internet like every now and then people like, like you know reblog it repost it whatever yeah. like it's the most hilarious like anti-trans joke they've ever heard yeah and i'm like dude <laughs> come on like it's i guess it's a little silly but like it's just it kind of i think ignores the reality of it a little bit and that yeah. it's like it's not really like again it's that one of my favorite images i feel like i've sent it to you maybe not it's it's the image of the little girls the meme with the little girl under the table crying and the terminator walking around looking for <laughs> somebody and then yeah. the little girl under the table is labeled as um right wingers and the terminator walking <laughs> around is labeled culture. as no 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 it says their own imagination <laughs> yeah <laughs> where a lot of times like these fears and the fear-mongering trumped up by right wingers is like it's not manufactured really existent yeah and um so with the trans jokes like you know i mean me and you joke about tons of shit tons of nasty dark shit all the time yeah. how often are we making trans jokes not too often not maybe really. from time to time maybe yeah. about a particular person that might yeah. bother us yeah <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah but like really it's i think what makes good comedy is insight observations yeah and, and insight and you tell a truth through a joke and a lot of times right. These jokes about trans people aren't necessarily revealing any truth or any insight. It's more just punching down and right. fighting the changing tide, which kind of yeah. makes it feel like you're old and washed out and played right. out. And that's how a lot of trans jokes feel to me. And that's why I'm like here in 2021, if Dave Chappelle wanted to make one special, because I do feel like I remember him making comments like this about in the one I originally watched. No, he did. There ago. was a there was a joke about like he was at a party. A trans mm -hmm. friend of him was drunk. A trans friend of him was drunk mm -hmm. and she passed out. And he was like, uh, ma'am, your dick's hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Well, OK, maybe in the first special you have some trans jokes lined up. Get out of your system. But to like 
constantly since then, year in, year out, every special you make, repeat these. It starts to sound now maybe like you're out of ideas and you're a little lazy. Yeah. And this is low-hanging fruit and you're a hack. Yeah. And maybe these, you know, and of course you're Dave Chappelle. So when you tell these jokes, people are going to think you're, you're funny. You're Dave fucking Chappelle. You're a master of comedy. Yeah. You know, that's but the thing. That's the, point, the reason why this is so infuriating is because me and you, especially we're fans and we yeah. hold him at this high fucking level and he's given us weak fucking Steven Crowder comedy lazy. level. Yeah, it, shit. Feels, it feels lazy. It feels played out at this point. It feels like low-hanging fruit, and it feels like you're lacking in the insight and the observations that made the Chappelle show great. The insight, right. the satire of black culture, the insight well, you, into it, the, the thing that humanized it, you know, because Dave Chappelle has a great thing about the Chappelle show is it very much humanized aspects of, of black culture in America, and it, and it made it relatable, yeah. and that's what made it funny. You know, the jokes were funny on their own, but what brought some more power to it was that it humanized it and it made it relatable and you can understand it in a, on a more equal level. Yeah. These jokes lack that. Yeah. You're not humanizing trans people in the way that you might have humanized black right. culture and made it relatable. And, know, that, and, it and just real quick, instead that's you're all, punching down that's, and that's all trans people and, and want it's, and it's played out. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, all they want is just to be recognized as as humans. They just want yeah. to be recognized and, and, and bring it to an equal level. Yeah, that's funny and creates through observation and humor creates a, 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 a an equal, a great equalizing force among all mankind or whatever the fuck you want to call it yeah. instead here you're punching down and you're dehumanizing people and you're lacking the insight and the and the and the yeah. genuine observations and sound it sounds like you're just regurgitating yeah steven crowder yeah. talking points right wing talking points and it feels lazy and it doesn't feel like there's any profound thought behind it other than I don't know. I'm I'm annoyed by trans people because I'm yeah. older and the times are changing. Yeah. and I he's just a want boomer. Some like that's that's yeah. that's that like I, you know it might be kind of cringe to use that terminology, but like when I was watching it, I just kept on getting the feeling I'm like he's a boomer. He's like you this think is he's seeking attention. Do you think he knew? I mean, he must have known to an extent that this would oh, that yeah. this would like cause I, a, a cause a bit of a well. A let's let's. Let's this talk. Is a t it's a little attention seeking. Oh, for sure. Think? Like for to go sure. out there. Like he for sure knows. He's not stupid. He for sure. Well, knows no. Literally, this is he's cause. going out now, being like, "Oh, I'm the comedian who got canceled. What's next? Is he gonna have a poster that has a black bar over his mouth that says censored? You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, like it's so, it's so apparent, dude. And yeah. it sucks because Dave Chappelle is someone who I would have put. And I still probably will have based on the stuff he's put out in like mm -hmm. my top favorite comedians, right? Because of the, in, like you said, the insight he's brought. Now, yeah. I need to talk about his closing bit. Humor puts us on equal levels. That's exactly. the point I want to make. Exactly. It doesn't punch and, down. It and, humanizes. Yeah. And let's, let's be honest. Me and you have very, we joke a lot about very dark shit. We like dark humor. We like very, you know what I mean? We like, we like humor of all kinds. We're Hold not on, like. Do you think it'd be funnier, constructive criticism for Dave Chappelle? What if he made jokes about himself being trans? Do you think that'd be funnier? I mean, if me? he came out there and he was like, you know what? I was thinking about getting a sex change operation. 
and then like kind of like dug into it deep where it almost seemed like he was serious and he's like look i look i've been hiding this my whole life if you guys didn't see the signs on the Chappelle show i don't know what to tell you and like gets almost to the point of being like so what i want to say here is almost about to say i'm a woman in a man's body and then like but then that would be hilarious that, yeah right like yeah. it would be a little bit more like well I you want to know like how he did a better closet? line of thought okay sure so how he closed it is he talks about um, Daphne. And it would be way funnier. I'm sorry. I just think about it. Now. It would be way funnier if he yeah. came out and was pretending no, right. to be trans. No, you're right. Like, it'd, be more, see, it'd be more you, relatable. You'd be, it'd be more be, real. Yeah, and you can make <laughs> jokes and you can, like like I said, I mentioned a joke that he made about trans people in that show that was funny. But the thing was, the majority of the jokes he made just weren't fucking funny. And, and if, if he pretended to be trans, it would add to the insight of the comedy because then it shows that he's taking the time and the to thought understand and the plight of trans yeah, and people. put himself yeah. in their shoes, which is what the greatness of the part of the greatness of the Chappelle show was, is it put us in the place of Chappelle and and the people in his community. Yeah. You know, that's part and of the what way made he it funny. Even America. though we're outside that community, like we said to yeah. start, we're outside that world. You know, it, it brought us in. You know, and it, yeah. so what would make it better it us in regards to the trans curtain. is to yeah, is to bring you inside that world. But unfortunately, Chappelle's clearly not trans, and you know, and the fact that he's so fixated on this like really is kind of weird. I think on his end, and it's just lame. seems like, and it's just lame. Yeah, he's yeah. mad at the changing times, and he's seeking it, it a little has, attention. It has I very think. much old man yelling at cloud energy, <laughs> like yeah. you know what I mean. And and so his closing bit is about a trans comedian. Okay. That he knew. A real person. Yeah, her name was Daphne something. I don't know what her last okay. name was. Um, And he ta- he tells a story about how he brought her out and she bombed. But then during his set, he- she was heckling and she-, and she was making the whole crowd laugh. And he tells a story about how he loved. And he was saying about after his first special, when he made trans jokes, she came out and defended Dave. Now, not to mention, Dave also kind of like misgenders her a couple of times, and he, and he he goes like, "Yeah, th- he did some really ballsy shit because he fucking the, she ended up committing suicide." Oh shit! Really? Yeah, she, because oh, of the hate. Well, the way Dave frames it, I don't know the actual story or the case, but the way Dave frames it is that she killed herself because of the hate she received from the LGBTQ community, right? Mm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the last closing, the closing sentiment, and this is not word for word, but the closing sentiment is, you know, Daphne, she was one of your people, but she was also one of my people. So don't punch down on my people. Arguing the point that trans people somehow are in, are in positions of power and they're the ones punching down on dave who's the most marginalized man in america he's the he's the mo- he's the biggest victim in america dave Chappelle. you know what i mean mm. and yeah, i'm sorry but that's how he's playing himself out to be now because after the yeah. fact if he just would have just been like you know what fuck I, I i see your point you know it makes sense and you know yeah i maybe i could have done better he could have had a mea culpa come to god moment but instead he yeah. went down the no See, now they have to come to my terms and I'll have a conversation with them, but not, mm. you know what I mean? It's just like, it's so bull. It's such bullshit. And it's hilarious that literally the only people that get canceled, the rich elite don't get canceled unless they do something mm. criminal, right? They yeah. don't. 
They don't. Like, literally, all the comedians that were canceled uh, were ones that were canceled because of sexual uh, allegations, because of, you know, stuff of that nature, stuff that's a little bit more criminal, you know, stuff that's a little bit of a little bit more dicey nature than just saying bad words. Right. That was the actual cancellations that happened, like a Louis C.K., for example. Right. But the thing is, is that, you know, the real people who get canceled are just like regular workers most of the time. And like I said, Mm. and one of the people who got fucking canceled was a trans employee who spoke out at Netflix against the fact that they're platforming Dave and that Dave's like Mm. one of the the highest paid fucking people uh, who got uh, had one of the biggest contracts at Netflix. Yeah, he got obviously. millions and millions of dollars. He got, but super that's what rich. being canceled is. Yeah, and he loves it. Right, and, so. and and I also want to just counter this notion because this is the notion I've been hearing in regards to Dave and his comments is that being like, oh well, you don't like it because it's um because he's going against the grain, and I'm like, dude, no. The majority of America is anti-trans. The majority of America, the majority held sentiment of people on earth of people on earth is the fact that trans people are not people. (laughs) It's just, it's just the reality of it. I look, okay. So this is a little bit, it just made me think of this. This is maybe a little bit of some murky waters that I'm entering here, but is this have something to do as like, as a sentiment that's common among like, black men so let me like, ad- i know let black me, men let me, let me can ad- be more aggressive towards lgbt people in general let- and like trans obviously is maybe something that like black american men are like very much like well i think opposed it's, to i think it's more so does this have something to do with that i think like, it's just think- more of a cultural like an american cultural thing i don't really think mm-hmm. it's uh i don't think it's a race specific thing because like you know one of the things you will hear is that the literally some of the most marginalized people, like black people, some of the most marginalized people, trans people, the mm-hmm. most marginalized people, black trans people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like literally, like yeah, definitely. And, and you know, and date. I mean, like, like I, you know, we mentioned this last time we recorded, but from being fans of last podcast on left, you know, one of the f- things that they they talk about is that like literally like there's a scale of the the most dead to least dead and the most yeah. dead is if you're a sex worker you're black and you're trans oh yeah <laughs> that's literally oh, yeah. you're the most dead no one's gonna yeah. find you ever yeah and you're serial killer bait yeah exactly <laughs> you know and so i just i just think that um i just think that dave is just because you don't just see it with dave like recently bill maher came out in defense of dave and he was like he was like bill maher loves his cancel bits. dude bill maher has it's turned into easy. an this old lady cold clutching his this pearls this is the problem with it in comedy is it's it's too easy it's like it sounds like an echo chamber at this point of comedians being like oh we're all getting canceled but yet of course like they all have their platforms bill maher's on hbo and has been a long time running on hbo dave chappelle's on a massive platform on netflix joe rogan if you know you want to consider him part of that same echo chamber has one of the the largest podcasts on earth so it's like they all have plenty good platforms none of them are are being canceled but like i'm like why is this just such a recurring theme now among like veteran 
com- com- comedians, comics. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. And to me, it just feels like it's lazy. It's, it's it easy. Is. It's a lazy. It's, it's an easy target. It's, yeah. it's lazy writing. And it's something and that a lot of people will get up in arms up, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it, reactionary. It it's literally yeah. just being like, I'm making a decision to be the most reactionary. So, and yeah, it's funny because they think that the people who are complaining about the special are the most reactionary. But mm-hmm. in fact, you are because you yeah. have this massive fucking platform where a lot of people are going to watch whatever the fuck you put out. And you're going like, see, I'm being canceled. Oh, Lord, I'm being canceled. I'm canceled. You know, like, you know what I mean? And it's... As and you're it, on Netflix. Like, yeah, as you're on Netflix 10. making $100 million. Like, see, and that's why I, I wonder why Dave Chappelle made this like the focal point of his of his stand-up special. Like, this must be part of a marketing. This Most of it must be connected to the marketing. And... You know, hold on. I want to bring this to Netflix for a second because there's no Fuck way Netflix, Netflix is out of touch with the current climate and the current culture. Like, there's plenty of well-paid people there that know how this stand-up was going to be received when they saw it come through their post-production phase. You know, and they still decided to put it out there knowing the backlash that it would stir up. And I'm wondering if they're using... This is a culture war issue, essentially, what's going on here. Exactly. If they're u- using they're essentially war profiteers within the american culture war is how i'm seeing this now netflix itself they are war profiteers because they definitely know how this was going to be received they know that it was going to stir up controversy they knew that it would bring in especially because netflix there's a lot of times these days is under scrutiny from more right-wing conservative groups maybe they saw it as an opportunity to bring a lot of that big large Mm, viewing majority that's a very back into the fold and so they decided to drop this stir up controversy with already a loyal viewing audience on the the liberal pour some gas light a match and fucking close the door and (laughs) and bring back into the fold a lot of the more conservative audience that they may feel like they have lost through some of their other shows that they're like oh social just netflix is promoting social justice shows either way we all know these companies are not their po- their political alignment yeah. is is profit yeah and <laughs> yeah literally they, yeah. literally and when people talk about like companies that go woke being liberal right and, you know, and being yeah, woke literally it's just to appeal it's literally pink washing or you know like yeah. you mean the cia literally engages in it being like yeah. oh we support you know literally i mean we did it i did a bit i did a story on this in the on the podcast talking about pink mm-hmm. washing during gay month uh, yeah. gay pride month yeah and about like how literally like every company like down to fucking raytheon lockheed mm-hmm. martin will fucking have in their twitter avi a fucking rainbow flag over their logo mm-hmm. just to be like hey see we're we're, we're. you don't give a fuck it's, about trans people you don't give a fuck yeah. about gay people you just don't want to, you just want that to not interfere with profits your yeah beliefs and- well, they found a good way to become profiteers within the culture wars now. Yeah. You know, appeal whether it is drop stuff like this, stir up controversy. Either way, the 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 controversy special gets free press and I free advertising. You. People come in to watch it, I, and or yeah. they can drop things that are more liberal aligned you know and how much you want to bet dave Chappelle just goes further down this hole and just becomes the i'm the canceled comedian who's just well, like 
it would be very commendable and respectable of him if he comes out and he's like, look, I was just, I was just, I didn't really know where to go with this special. And I just, this was on my mind. And, you know, I just quickly wrote up something and I was being yeah. lazy. Because that's what I feel like he's doing. And yeah. he's like, I thought it would get a reaction, which it did. Yeah. I and here's, the, I and the, here's the thing. It wasn't just was one just, joke. It wasn't just one joke. Like, and Zach, I implore you to watch this so that we can maybe revisit and like, I can hear your point mm-hmm. on it after you've seen it. Mm-hmm. But like I'm not kidding you a good amount of it is about trans is about trans women it's the focal point of the stand-up it's literally the yeah. closer in the closer mm-hmm. <laughs> in the so. in the special called the closer the closer is about how the LGBTQ community killed his trans friend who's a comedian oh jeez <laughs> yeah wow um yeah. either way it seems like it's you can do better, Dave. You can do better. Yeah, and do I don't wh- think I, I don't think he'll come out ever really and say like, yeah, I was just writing material to get attention, and I found this was the easiest way. I think he'll probably end up doubling down, especially yeah. you know now that he's got like probably a vocal support of you know people yeah. that are being like, it's funny. Well, no, now he has okay, he has some like of the funniest people defending him, the Ben Shapiro's and the Stephen Crowders of the world, being oh, like, hilarious. um, jokes aren't funny. Okay. And uh, I think making fan of trans people is completely fine. And these snowflake liberals need to get over the fact that Dave can make jokes about trans oh, people. Yeah. The leading voices in, on the front lines of the culture war. Yeah. Yeah. And now Dave Chappelle's just become a, one part of their one of their ammunition for it. It's just yeah. ammunition and, for the and, culture and war. The saddest, and the saddest part of this is that he's been co-opted into the right now. He's on that pipe. He's on that pipeline, at least. He's what, on is the. Is he going to start posting anti-communist memes next on his Twitter? Yeah, fucking like oh, <laughs> anti-socialist memes. Fuck Elon. Next Musk, thing we dude. know, he's, he he changes his profile pic to DeSantis twenty twenty four. Yeah. Is that uh, the path he's going down? Is that what I don't saying? know? I don't know. I I don't know what the future holds for Dave. I'll I'll. I'm, but I'm curious. He might but, go quiet again, go soul searching yeah. in Africa again. <laughs> yeah. He'll go I, hang out with the uh, Mali tribe that has no gender and and ref- and go on a spiritual journey in tribes of Africa that have no yeah, social then, construct of gender. Yeah. And then find his and then find himself and then come back and be like, you know what? I've done a lot of soul searching over the years. I've decided I was wrong about transgender people. In and fact, actually- I am trans. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That would be the craziest arc. I would yeah. love that, actually. If that's the <laughs> combination of this all right that'd be awesome yeah all right that's that's our theory dave Chappelle's trans there you go (laughs) go on a soul searching journey again to africa spend time with an af deep african tribe deep wherever in africa that has no gender constructs find out realize that he's in fact gender non-binary come back drop a new special called non-binary and i love it (laughs) (laughs) And then bam, I'm non-binary Dave. <laughs> My pronouns are they them. <laughs> redemption are complete, but no, that's not gonna happen. He's gonna double down. He's gonna double down. I mean, yeah, and and, and literally it, one of his good friends is Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan I mean, went down this same fucking shit. Already mission complete for him because he's got the press he wanted. He got the attention he wanted. He got the bag, and yeah. so and he's continuing to get the bag through fucking so. selling out gigs still. Yeah, so. I think, you know, at the end of the day, who profits the most here is is Netflix. And so fuck Netflix. Netflix isn't hurt either way, despite whether they have employee walkouts or people protesting outside their offices. 
they get free press at the end of the day people will continue to watch netflix and which is so good for the profit and motive. um so yeah they're not hurt at the end of the day if anything this was free press for them and they're the ultimate winners not dave not the trans community not anybody netflix so and, um, shame on the netflix winners. yeah fuck them fuck them and squid not games, even yeah i mean think about that look you know we'll talk about squid games on yeah a we're gonna podcast, do we're gonna do we're gonna do a full look at review this. There's all this argument going on now online about how anti-capitalist Squid Games is or isn't, you know, if you want to be that guy, you know, um, <laughs> if you want to be that contrarian saying it's it's actually anti-communist. Um, um, but uh, Now, uh, I understand you know, our, at, my father was a filmmaker. Um. Look at look at how they played both sides like that. Look at they got the right wing conservative crowd um, eating up Dave Chappelle's special and they got the left-wing liberal crowd eating up squid games for its anti-capitalist mm. thing. They played both sides. Mm. They came out on top. Yeah. 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 That's they a good point. They dropped both those things pretty much simultaneously. They know what they're doing. They know who they're playing to. They know what they've got their fingertips on the pulse of the, the American culture right now, you know? So they know what they're doing when they drop Dave Chappelle's, you know, anti-trans special congruently yeah. with squid games, anti-capitalist, if you want to call it that you know series like either way they've got the viewership on both sides now which is really what they want but let's so just let's them. just cap it with this though dave's okay. saying i'm team turf is literally the unfunniest thing he's ever said in his yeah. entire life <laughs> like i just don't know what the jokes joke there is what's the joke it's just more of a statement he literally like, <laughs> sounded like he was giving a fucking ted talk at the end yeah. about why he dislikes the trans community <laughs> he's on a soapbox lecturing yeah and even fans of dave Chappelle will admit like oh it was a little preachy and yeah. a little yeah i think he's just lost touch and he's a boomer so yeah. shame on you netflix go fuck yourself and dave mm-hmm. you can do better you can do way better for than real that. All right. Yeah. And we hope to see better in the future. You know, yeah. maybe we're not, know, even though I don't think it's going to happen. And the more likely result is he'll probably just double down more, but you know, he could always change. Let's be optimistic. Mind, you know? Let's be yeah. optimistic and hope he that could come out and be like, yeah. you know what? I was harping too much on that trans stuff. I've talked to some people. I was a little off base, yeah. but that probably won't happen, but who knows? Who so. knows? All right. Well, at the end of the day, Netflix will get the bag. Oh yeah, the ultimate bag. The ultimate. And they'll bag. continue to do what they do, and I would expect more controversies like this from coming out of the Netflix platform for sure within the future too. Definitely. So. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, email us at bashbrotherspod at protonmail.com for any of your comments questions hate mail please hate mail we want yeah, it mail. we want it we're gonna keep saying it until we get it all right we want the reviews fucking, are appreciated reviews on, are appreciated on whatever yeah. you might listen to whatever platform um and uh yeah all right well thank you for listening let us know what you think about dave Chappelle's special. Yeah. how about yeah. that yeah uh, if if someone takes the time out of their day to to give us a, a, a an insightful viewpoint of, of this Dave Chappelle debacle, I'd love to I would love it. to hear it, and uh, I'll respond to it. Yeah, live here on the show, well, yeah. not live, pre-recorded here on the show, pre-recorded. <laughs> All right, well, heavily that's... edited, <laughs> heavily edited days after, because <laughs> some words were said that were unsavory. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's gonna do it for mm-hmm. us this week. We're out of here. Thank you for Thank listening. Thank you for listening. Peace.